Hey, Camp Kids, welcome back to the Camp Kids podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. Once again, guys, thank you so much for being flexible. I know that today's episode is releasing a little bit later in the week than I normally re release episodes. And that is completely due to the fact that I just got back from my honeymoon, just got back from getting married in beautiful Colorado and traveling in the Southwest part of the United States. So thank you again for your flexibility on that. I'm still bringing you this episode in time for this week though. We've got a good one on deck. This week we meet my friend Flounder, who found a love for camp at a young age and has been a seasoned camp person for many summers. Flounder's experience started with Girl Scouts with primarily Camp Sacagawea, but then after a quick life-changing experience, she decided to try out some new camps in different locations. Before transitioning back to Iowa, Flounder found a Girl Scout camp in Maryland and a different camp in Indiana, even gaining some fall camp experience as well. Flounder still is connected to camp through her sister and through other camp friends and enjoys spending time outdoors with her son. So without further ado, let's meet Flounder. Talking to you from my basement. <laughs> awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your camp background experience as a camper. Where did you go to camp with what organizations and for how long? Yeah, I pretty much only went to Girl Scout Camp Sacagawea, um, like many people that you've talked to. On the podcast, I started going there as soon as I was able to. It's like when you're going into first grade. So my mom and I did mom and me camp. And back then, mom and me camp was like a normal three-day, two-night session. So we went – nowadays, they just run things like that is either one night or just a day camp. But we were there for that. And then the summer going into third grade, I actually signed up for three separate week-long sessions. So I went from one three-day camp to being gone for three weeks. And every summer um, up until I was able to work at camp, I went to camp for one, two, three weeks. Um, I did a trek and travel program. That was, I was old enough to work at camp that next summer instead of CIT too. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Yeah. And one summer in there, I did one week at Sacagawea and one week at Camp Lakota, which doesn't ex exist or run anymore. It was good. I think it was pretty similar. And like, I don't remember a lot of it. It was like fourth grade, but I know I remember talking to the camp, my counselor and like telling her about how great Camp Sacagawea was, which is like <laughs> so embarrassing now. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure, like, I didn't know it at the time, but I'm pretty sure the director at that time is who, like, came and helped out at Camp Sacagawea one time when we were, like, in between people. And if it's the same person, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm still in friends with her on Facebook, like, in contact with her. Oh, nice. So I'm assuming that this was also then another Girl Scout camp as well. Yeah, it was in our council. It's like when, you know, when the councils merged and then a couple of smaller camps closed, that one as for, I, I don't know the details, I guess, actually, but it was a camp in our council. Well, tell us a little bit about your experience as a staff member. I did not know before reading that you were, worked in the kitchen your first summer. So yeah. why don't you start there and talk about all your staff experiences then? Yeah. So one of my really good friends from the CIT program, our birthdays are like two weeks apart. For a couple of years, they actually didn't have any 16-year-olds working in the kitchen. And we asked and they kind of decided to try and bring it back and see how it would work. So we 
got to be the kitchen staff, the dishwashers. And the most interesting part was like a few of our other friends, they had to actually go to CIT too. So for two or three weeks that summer, like we were staff, but our really close friends who we had just been campers with were campers still. So that was like an interesting thing. It was my second job, but first long-term kind of job, kind of my first time obviously living on my own since I was only 16. I learned how to do laundry at camp actually. Before that, I didn't know how to do my own laundry. Yeah, that's kind of a fun thing. Like, I don't know, my parents just always did it for me. Great. We had like a lot of freedom, I think, in terms of like, we would get our kitchen stuff done take a little bit of a break and then we would just go find a unit to join and hang out with them like whatever counselors were in that unit that were our friends or whatever unit was you know doing something that we wanted to do like I love to play kickball so like I'd go join in kickball or archery or you know go to the pool if it was really hot or whatever we just kind of did our own thing as long as we showed back up to the kitchen on time and then after that the next summer I was a junior counselor which is just being 17 and there's just a few restrictions in terms of like being alone with the kids and stuff. Um, Then I was a unit counselor, a unit leader. After I graduated from college in 2018, I went to Massachusetts and worked at a different Girl Scout camp for one summer and I was a program director there. And then in 2019, I came back and was the program camp director at Camp Sacagawea. So I went away did three months in Massachusetts and then I drove from Massachusetts to Indiana and I did three months of professional outdoor instructor at Bradford Woods in Indiana and then I came back to Iowa and then I went to camp for one more summer oh wow that's pretty cool so what inspired you to go out to Massachusetts and then Indiana I was kind of just thinking I wanted to experience a different camp and I really wanted to travel. I went to college to teach, to do teaching, like secondary English teaching and theater. And then at the very last second, decided to quit student teaching. Um, you, Fun fact, you don't need to do student teaching in order to graduate with a minor in secondary education. So nobody tells you that. So I quit student teaching three days in. And that meant three days later, I had to be moved out of my dorm room. And I chose this one. I drove out there. And yeah, it was a pretty good experience. It was a little bit different, but I really did enjoy it. And then I went to Indiana from there, did three months, and then I drove back to Iowa after that. Oh, my gosh. That does sound incredible. And a great way to turn something where you're like, I'm going to pivot now and go and do camp in a whole bunch of different settings. Like original plan was to like go find a different camp or maybe then another seasonal job and just like move somewhere like or just work a series of seasonal jobs. In that semester where I was working after I had graduated is when I started dating my husband, my now husband. So we (laughs) wouldn't move with me to the other side of the country. So I ended up coming back. Well, you know, everything works out that way. That's totally understandable. Yeah. And of course, the timing, it's like ah, ironic, like, but that's awesome. Very cool. Well, what was it like? Because if I understand it correctly, you worked in Indiana, not during the summertime. Yeah. What was it like to work, like not during the summertime at an outdoor facility? Um, It was a really cool experience. It was harder than I thought it was going to be. So the program itself, it was like the very end of August to the beginning of November. And what they do, it's at a camp that does run a summer camp. It's also an accessible camp. So I don't know exactly all the details of their summer, but I think they have different themed weeks in terms of like, 
they also have like an adults with disabilities camp and stuff like that. And as far as I understand. So then in the off season, in the spring, in the spring, and then the fall, they have professional outdoor instructors. And if you know what a forest school is, it's kind of like that just for really quick three days, the school or the teachers, they choose what they want them to learn about. So it might be that they want them to do low ropes to focus on bonding. And then they want them to do canoeing. Like some of them come there for adventure type things. And some of them come there only for education and some do a mixture. So a lot of the ones that came in the be- very beginning of the fall, they wanted their kids to like bond. So they did more adventure stuff. If you're coming in the spring or towards the, you know, October, November, maybe you're just doing educational stuff. But the point is to get them outside more and teach them outside. So we taught them things like little tiny like unit studies like birds, fish, insect, predator and prey, different stuff like that. And then occasionally we would have um, some like weekend programs that were just one night that were more like high school, this like little retreat um, that they were doing. So that's what the programming was. I think there were like 12 of us maybe and That was also interesting because we ranged from like 18 to like people in their 40s. Most everybody had some kind of summer camp experience, but one of the international staff had like worked there a few years prior and then decided to come back. One guy had come because his cousin had been there. Yeah, so that was an interesting mix. And that was also men and women. Wow. Yeah, that would be a very interesting mix. It sounds like it was pretty heavy on outdoor ed, which is pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Yes. It also sounds like maybe see a lot more school groups going out in like Wisconsin or Illinois or Indiana. And here in the more central part of the Midwest, it doesn't seem like that's the case. So, and I could be wrong, but just from what I've been gathering. I don't know of anything like that that exists around here. I know in the Des Moines area, there's at least one forest school that runs and it's like a couple mornings a week and it's for ages two to six. So it's also not, you know, all the time or every age group or anything like that. So that's the only thing I know about that exists. I love that idea of that program. Like everybody learns better outside fifth graders, you know, they want to be outside. They want to be getting like hands-on maybe a little dirty interacting it's also like the beginning of that awkward kind of like boy girl stage and like obviously they're not sleeping in the same quarters but it's like you're on a trip with them and they got to kind of figure that out I think it's kind of cool like a few years ago like when there's the shift of like thinking that summer camps need to be really fancy and not as rustic as they were when like we were kids I feel like that kind of deters some schools from having this kind of program in different areas yeah I I could definitely see that I would love to hear the story behind your camp name. Like I mentioned, I did leaders in training LIT and then counselors in training CIT. So from going into second grade, so my second summer going to camp, I decided this is what I want to do. I want to be a camp counselor. I want to spend all summer here. This seems like the best job ever. Like they're having so much fun and I don't know, I guess already in second grade, I knew that I like wanted to work with kids or have kids or whatever. So I was like, so gung ho on being a counselor. But for my whole childhood, I never thought of a name. 
I never had any idea what kind of nickname I wanted or my camp name. I didn't have a nickname as a kid. I just never thought about it. So me and Smurf, who's been mentioned on this podcast, I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to her yet, but she's been mentioned before. We were really close friends. And actually, our dads used to work together like way long ago. So we kind of knew each other before camp, but then camp is how we got like pretty close. So we're in the LIT program and we are like, okay, we should start thinking about camp names because next summer we're going to have to have a camp name and then we're going to like work with the kids and they're going to have to call us our camp name. Our LIT program was either two or three weeks and a couple days in, they mentioned that we needed to have a camp name for that last week so that we could work with the kids a little bit. And I straight up panicked. I thought that I was going to have a whole nother year to think about this. And I just like felt like it needed to be like really meaningful well, it's not meaningful, spoiler alert. We went into the lodge over the weekend when nobody else was there. It was just like our campers and our counselors. And we were hanging out, like doing movie marathon and doing laundry, basically just like chilling because there's nobody else at camp. And we were getting ready for like a week of working with the kids. Like we were making, we did a few crafts and like made stuff with our camp name on them. Well, basically Smurf and I were trying to decide if we should have like coinciding names you know like peanut butter and jelly or whatever and we couldn't come up with any that we both liked and then we just happened to watch um the little mermaid and I really liked the little mermaid um and then in college I actually started dyeing my hair bright red which is also funny but I didn't do it because of this but I just like was like oh flounder would make um a pretty good camp name and then she didn't agree with any like we couldn't come up with a matching name so she just ended up going with smurf because she had a stuffed smurf and like she's short so it was kind of funny um but yeah so I guess I just kind of told her story accidentally but um, (laughs) that yeah it just like was random it just kind of fell into my lap and now I have like eight stuffed flounders a little mermaid shirt so many Little Mermaid things around my house. It's a little bit ridiculous. Now. <laughs> oh, but I love that. I love that you connected with that character and then you brought that character to life. So, yeah, I, I felt like Ariel was also a real name. So, you, I felt like I couldn't use that as my camp name. So, yeah, yeah, that's well, very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I would love to know you had quite a long tenure in your camp career. What kept you coming back summer after summer and what keeps you still coming back? Because I remember running into you even at the mud run. So, yeah, I always wanted to be a camp counselor um, my whole life. Really felt really comfortable in the environment and like the atmosphere and the environment of being outside. I just remember looking at like all the counselors and just like thinking they were having so much fun, but this was their job. I work as a nanny now, like three days a week. And then otherwise, I'm just at home with my baby. I am always kind of been like, I don't want to work to live. I want to live and work or like enjoy my work. This kind of seemed like the great thing. And if and if everybody knows, like you don't do that, actually do this job for the money. But I wanted to have fun while I was working. So that's why I started. And I like working with kids a lot, which is, I think, why I went into teaching. But then I came to learn I don't want to, like, teach in a public school and, like, manage 25 kids, like, at their desks. Like, I can manage 25 kids, but I'd rather manage them in the forest. I'd rather sing silly songs with them and 
like goof around a bit, but also know that they're learning. I mean, at Girl Scout camp, we are teaching them things, but it's not like quote unquote, like lessons. Um, but at Bradford Woods, like I would teach them something after playing a game and then they would answer questions and I would be like, isn't it really cool that you just learned that from playing a game and their minds would be blown. I think they get that enough and they're right at that age where they can still learn from play. As the couple years of going or being on staff went, I also wanted to just come back because of the people that work there. Um, Like I think everybody has answered. I made some really good friends that have come back year after year and some that didn't. Um, But I wanted to, yeah, work my way up and kind of then as the program director, like I felt like I had some say in what we did and different activities and maybe like we were making little changes or just how we would run things. And I also really like organizing things like that, organizing activities, um, sorting stuff out like that and like seeing it come to fruition. I'm really glad that you were able to find that. And it sounds like you're still utilizing like everything that you've learned being a nanny and everything. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you asked now, so now, so 2019 was my, ended up being my last summer. I, th- I think that that was originally supposed to be my last summer. My husband and I, it was just a little bit hard for us to decide for if I should go back or not, um, like financially. And we got married in 2019. So then it was like, do we really want to spend our first summer as newlyweds like apart? We did. I went away for the summer. I went home a lot of the weekends. And then I was planning to then stay with my nanny family at the time for the whole year instead of just the school year. In 2019, she had a baby. So she had her maternity leave all summer. And that's why I was able to go to camp. Well, then when COVID hit, it was like, okay, camp's not going to happen anyway. So I am for sure staying with your family all summer. And then we did a couple of little virtual things. So I don't know where it is anymore, but there is a video somewhere of me making a shelter in the woods for the virtual camp. And that was also the first time I ever went hiking alone, helped out a little bit with that. And then the last couple summers, I've just gone out to camp once or twice and tried to help out just because I miss it. And I am a lifetime Girl Scout member and volunteer. So I just want to help as much as I can and still like go out and see my friends. So last summer, I went out a couple weeks before my due date just to see everybody before I ended up having my baby and to spend some time outside and see the updates that's happening to camp. And I volunteered at the mud run because I hadn't been able to go to the last couple mud runs. Um, so it's like peak wedding season and I really wanted to go. <laughs> when did you have your son? Uh, he was born on June 26th. Oh my goodness. So I went to camp. I think it was the first week that they had campers and the camp director Rafiki actually wasn't there for most of the day. Um, but I'm pretty good friends with Pip. So I mostly hung out in the office and then I didn't know this, but Kite was there with her daughter, so I ended up watching Kite's daughter so that she could go do tree climbing. I had the camp phone for a little while, so I was answering the phone, driving out to the gate and letting people in. Like, Basically, I just jumped right back in to the office life for one day, and then, and then I just went home. Like, I'm just going to go play camp for a minute. Uh, I'll be back in a little while. <laughs> so Yeah, basically. That's, that's awesome. That's fun. Well... I know you've already talked a little bit about some of the people that have been there alongside your camp journey, but I'm 
wanting to know who were some people from camp that have inspired you? The first person that comes to mind is Aloe. People from Camp Sagduia would know her if you have been there like a long time, like I have, um, or were a staff member. She was our counselor for the troop camp or the mom and me. Um, I don't remember which, but I can like kind of picture it. So like my mom was there and knew her. She was there for a few years after that. I just like looked up to her. We had a lot of fun. It's just like, you know, one of your first few counselors kind of stick out in your mind. And over the years, like as I got older, she came back one summer from my CIT and was the nurse. So she was a nurse for a few years and then took a break and then came back to be the nurse one more summer when I was a CIT. She has her own kids now and her two daughters are Girl Scouts and campers and like they she came to like my high school graduation party and stuff like that so we've really stayed in contact and it's just been really fun just to know like that's what started it and her kids call me flounder even though I was never their counselor <laughs> yeah it's just really fun and then um, Abe and Taffy would you have talked to I don't know if Abe was ever my direct counselor but I like knew her for many years and she was a staff member and Taffy was our counselor for that LIT year. There were six of us and I think every single one of us would probably say one of the top memories from that is that we did a little sleepover camp out in the Mandan which is a storm shelter which like you're not actually supposed to sleep in anymore. Taffy like sang us campfire songs like sang us to sleep but we were like 14 but it was like just so sweet and just a really good memory and Abe lives in the same area that I do like we all stay still stay in touch that's awesome and thank you for sharing that story about Taffy oh, oh yeah. that is so sweet <laughs> how old is your sister so she's almost 16 so she was a CIT so a lot of people the kids in her CIT years listen to the podcast and I think that she is how I figured it like how I actually started listening to it and they're all in their group chat are like, oh my gosh, you and Flounder, her camp name is Guppy because she's like baby fish. Aww. So they're like, you and Flounder should go on the podcast and you guys can both talk about it. And I was like, that would be so cute. But I think you have to work there first before <laughs> like, like, what are you going to talk about? Like, you have to have one year of being a staff member before we could do that. Yeah, I agree with so that. So next year, <laughs> there's a podcast episode idea for you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So is she going to be on staff this summer then? Yeah. So she's going to work in the kitchen with <gasps> one, one or two other of her, the girls from her CIT. So her best friend who she does have a matching camp name with. So her camp name is Guppy because mine is Flounder, but her best friend's name is Bubbles. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. So they're the two of them. And, and then I, like I said, maybe one or two, I'm more, I'm not quite sure. Um, are going to work in the kitchen this summer. I absolutely love that you and your sister are both have a place that you are going to love and cherish and be able to connect to. And even though, I mean, as of now, you guys haven't worked on the same same summer yet. You know, you never know what the future might hold. But yeah, but yeah, and she, like, she expects me to go to camp a lot so that she can see Beckett. So we'll see what I can pull off. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm not be. working this summer, so hopefully oh. I can get there a few times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Rafiki, because she has a son as well. Our actually mm-hmm. our babies are one month and one day apart. Um, <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> so we have talked about it like 
because the there's two other summer camps in Boone, if people don't know, um, not Girl Scout camps or anything, but obviously our camp director knows them and they all have kids as well. So we're just like, we just need a place for like a the facility. And then we would have at least five or six kids that would go. And because then I could work at camp and like, if Kite came to do tree climbing, like her kids would be there. And I just think like, I always say if they want more pe- like you have to be a certain age to like drive the rental vehicles and stuff. And if they want more people to work at camp of that age, that's also like kind of the age when people are starting to think about starting a family. So it needs to happen somehow, some way, because then all the camps in the area would benefit by having more employees over the age of 25. (laughs) You are absolutely right. Because when people start thinking about either getting in a long-term relationship or marriage or having kids, that's when, like, I would say like 80% of people's camp careers stop. Yes, exactly. Uh, And you get high turnover because of it. You don't see people that are able to carry it all the way through. And if you don't live where your summer camp is, then it's weirder and harder to find daycare because you don't know anyone in that area. Mm -hmm. What if the daycare facility was run by camp staff, but you only did it for like a week at a time and your hours were not as strenuous as they are like during when you're at camp? So it's more of like a down week, if you will. That's a, actually, that's a really good idea. Like just, we'll screenshot that, send it to Abby. We have tossed out quite a few ideas yeah. and that did not occur to me because Camp Sack doesn't have the facility. But the only thing I would say with that is that I can think of right off the bat that would be hard is that as you're hiring, instead of hiring people to work with six to 16 year olds, you're then hiring people to work with like infant to 16 year olds. And you know, some people are like way not into babies. (laughs) So it would just be interesting for the hiring. Like if you had 10 people that would be willing to cycle through, then it would work really well. But if you only had like four, then they would become more like daycare employees than camp counselors. So that would be challenging. You know, I'm thinking like in first aid and CPR, you cover infant care in that. Exactly. And you obviously would want to include a bit more into your staff training to cover, you know, from birth to age five. Uh But I could see that going really well, especially if like if you're working in the daycare and you only have to work eight hours a day that week. Like and you did like rotational shifts like that. Yeah, I could see that. And that being kind of like a down week. And then you go back to camp and you're more energized. You've got more time. Oh my gosh. That would be so fun. Yeah. I would sign up in a heartbeat. But you're right. Like (laughs) we need a facility like, and it really does need to happen. And hopefully somebody who's listening can like make that dream a reality (laughs) and like get get it off the ground. You need to, you can edit that little clip. It's well, it's too bad. This isn't over video because you need that little clip of the conversation to become a viral TikTok. See, I'm not on TikTok. I I get TikTok sent to me all the time. Uh-huh. I, I just, I'm not there yet. It might be going away too. Like, I guess oh. some people are kind of moving away from it and it might get, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on there. I have thought about doing video. A lot of the guests 
projects that I've had, though, prefer not to be on video. So that's what's kept me doing just the audio portion because the platform that I'm using does offer even like a live thing where like listeners can listen in and ask questions to you and all of that oh, sort wow. of stuff. But yeah, a lot of them have been like, this is not on video, right? I'm not going <laughs> to. And I'm like, oh, no, we don't have to. Um, not at all. So that's, that's pretty funny. much kept it being audio. Really, I just think it's really fascinating. Like in college, I did the marketing, quote unquote. I never studied marketing or anything, but I just did like our social media because I was on it. So I knew how to do things. And yeah, I just like figured out TikTok on my own and I've made, I've made a, a bunch in the last couple of years. Oh, nice. Okay. Not, okay. Like, yeah. I just think it's really fun. And I think it's interesting. Like nobody knows how the TikTok algorithm works. So I don't know. Well, if I do get on, I'll start following you. Okay. (laughs) But I'm like really close to doing it because earlier today, my coworker sent me one and I'm like, I can't get this to play. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she's like, you're using a TikTok. You could definitely have a camp content one or and like or just music. I don't actually now that I think about don't have a lot of camp content on mine because it's mostly it goes by your interests and like what you like and stuff like that, Um, like what you actually interact with the video so I mine is mostly motherhood and stuff but I do have a lot of outdoor content just not actual summer camp stuff so my boss for the Kansas City Council up here is like TikTok famous and puts oh. a lot of stuff out and so I I've like seen the stuff that she's put on like Instagram and everything but uh-huh. yeah who knows how that algorithm works but <laughs> it's no. it's there yeah and it changes all the time I think okay I don't know. I don't get it. Well, anyway, um, (laughs) I'll move on to my next question here. It's kind of a heavy hitter one. I'll I'll forewarn. What is your most important lesson that you've learned from camp? Like as a unit leader and as an office staff member, like delegating to other people, trusting them to do it because I couldn't do everything as a unit leader. Then that like transfers to my life now. Like I was nervous to like leave my baby with other people or it's like doing projects in school and stuff like that like if I it was kind of like I want to do it so that it's perfect but at the same time like it's okay if it's not perfect and then like as a mom like my baby needs and deserves to have a relationship a good relationship with his father and his grandparents and it's okay if they do things like a little bit differently and in fact they should do things a little bit differently because we are not the same yeah absolutely no, I think that trust, you've got to learn that very quickly. And it mm-hmm. is really scary, especially like the first week, because you don't know a lot of people and <laughs> you don't know their background yeah. or their story. But yeah, you definitely get it very quick. So yeah. yeah. And you have to just dive right in when you're like <laughs> at camp, you know, uh, like with the new people and everything like that. What is your funniest camp story? Okay. Well, if anybody listened to Calico's episode, that's the story I was going to tell the poop outside the cabin story (laughs) because I was the unit leader for that. (laughs) Oh my Um, goodness. So that also, I will add though, you have to go back and listen to the whole story. But what also happened is that like when we called for leadership, there was like two leadership team members that were on camp and one was lifeguarding or they were both lifeguarding. So like for a few minutes, it was like, we have no one to help you. And it was just like straight panic because I did not know what to do. Oh my gosh. Um, 
But obviously, like she said, like everything was resolved and all that. But also, I listened to your podcast a little bit out of order and like just I only listened right away. I was only listening to the people that I knew. And in one of the episodes, you paused before asking this, before asking a different question. But I thought you were going to ask for your camp poop story. (laughs) So that's also why I wanted to tell that story. everyone's got one I know that they do exactly (laughs) even if you if you just work with kids you have one that's the one that comes to mind so oh okay I've got a good one this is probably this is not like the funniest thing you've ever heard we talked about a lot so Pip and I this will be I think her 10th summer coming back to camp so we have been working at camp the whole time together and she's um from England if anybody listening so that's why this that's pertinent to the story so she was the unit leader and I was a unit counselor and with the first night we're going over like the rules of camp with the kids and so she was like saying something like okay so if you find some rubbish on the ground you're gonna toss it in the bin and I was like if you find trash on the ground you're gonna put it in the trash can (laughs) and then uh she was just you're going to bring a torch with you um, tonight for our campfire. I was like, you're going to bring a flashlight with you for the campfire. And just like translating everything that she was saying. Um, and not like, I don't want that to sound like, not in like a condescending or like an overbearing way. It was just like, we were with younger girls and they were all probably have never heard anybody with an accent before. And we could just see their eyes glazing over as she's trying to talk to them. Like, trying to digest what she's saying but also like her accent is cool and different and then but also they try to figure out what she's saying and it was just really funny like we still laugh about that now I did a trek and travel to Yellow River which was just like it was backpacking and we did what actually we drove to Camp Tanglefoot canoed and camped there one night and then kept driving and then we did backpacking And I don't know, for whatever reason, whether I was just uneducated on the topic of backpacking or the description in the book was unclear or what, but when we got to camp and we were kind of doing the quote unquote training about how our backpacking trip was going to go, they start explaining to us that we're going to have to pee in the woods. So they're telling us, you know, how to do that as a female. And I freaked out. I was like, I can't do that. I don't want to go and panicked and I think I held my pee in for almost 24 hours when we first started that trip which if anybody knows me knows that's like very very shocking because I actually pee like all the freaking time um but yeah that's that was probably like one of my I think that would be my biggest accomplishments as a kid is like something that I had to overcome at camp but then as a counselor like I went on the boundary waters trip and there are pit toilets at the campsite but I feel like I still peed out like peed outside a little bit on that trip or like I'm more willing to like consider the idea of like going on a backpacking trip or going on a camping trip and peeing outside now so that's the first thing that comes to my mind I don't think anybody else has said that so (laughs) oh well you've mentioned a little bit about what keeps you busy nowadays but is there anything else you wanted to add to what you what you do now and what keeps you busy in the real world my baby is a little bit advanced on his like he crawled early he's kind of taking steps now so that keeps me busy because he's a little bit insane um but I would say in terms of like 
if anybody is thinking about like what they're going to do after camp or if they want to keep doing camp, but also need a job like after college or after high school or whatever, nannying, if you find a really good family and like you can go through an agency, like make sure you're being paid well and all that stuff. But it actually felt like a little bit like summer camp every day. Like summer camp is like the high and nannying is like mid middle, yeah. but every day is different. You're still working with kids. You're still responsible for them, but you can do fun things. And then also like if your kids, you know, if it's a certain age or they have siblings or whatever, like they'll play by themselves for a little bit. So you can kind of step back, relax, but like nannying in the summer is literally like summer camp. It's an absolute blast. Like, we would go to the pool, we'd go to splash pads, we'd go to the nature center. My first nanny family, I started with them when they were three and one and a half. And I stayed with them on and off a little bit until they were six, four and two. And I still see them now occasionally. I got those kids to like hiking, like their parents weren't taking them hiking at three and one. But then my like once or twice in the summer, like my mom and my siblings would come and we would all go hiking. And we would let the two-year-old walk on the trails and like we took them hiking and I took them hiking in all seasons um I don't like winter so that's like also a big thing for me but they will tell you like they would say it's so peaceful in the forest or like why is it so quiet I'm like well like you're actually calm out here first of all (laughs) and second like it's this is what nature is like and then they'd be like they'd go home and be like I like hiking mom like you should take us hiking and that was really exciting yeah I like I love it and I feel like it's a little bit of an alternative to teaching because they were you know preschool kindergarten age and I feel like we learned a lot from each other but I was not in a traditional classroom I did not know any of that. So I'm really glad that you shared that for our listeners in case they are interested in it. So that's great. Well, if you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life, what would it be? I would definitely say the people and the time spent outside. So first of all, if I could change anything, I would not live in Iowa because I don't want to have four seasons. I don't care. For winter, like I just said, <laughs> my baby and I are doing a 1,000 hours outside challenge. Um, it's an Instagram account and like a a movement. If you're not familiar, so there's lots of studies that say the average child spends 1,200 hours in front of a screen each year, and so their mission is to combat that with an 1,000 hours outside a year. And I feel like if I was at camp all the time, or if I worked at camp, or if camp was kind of more like my everyday actual lifestyle, it would be so easy to get way more than a thousand hours outside, even with a baby. Like some days it's hard to get a couple hours because he needs to nap and we drive and I am working a little bit. And you know, the weather like right now is unpredictable and stuff like that. But I definitely just like being outside. I love swimming and hiking and I want to take him canoeing and all of that stuff it's not super easy to do with a baby it would be way easier if I had another adult with me yesterday we ate lunch and dinner outside and that was like 
mind-blowing and I wish I could do that every day yeah I haven't heard of that movement so I'll have to look into it for sure and I'm really glad that you guys are kind of doing it and posting about it and being all about it I think it's it's kind of obviously because of where the it started it's geared towards like families and children but I don't really see why you couldn't do it as an adult because it definitely makes me more cognizant of like how much TV I'm watching, how much TikTok I'm watching versus how much I'm getting outside. And the lady that runs it also talked about how last year she wrote two books and the year before that started podcasting. So she's been living like a more sedentary lifestyle. So she's Mm -hmm. also challenging herself to like walk so many miles and read so many pages of a book. And I've been reading a lot more lately And then if my baby cooperates, then he'll play outside and I'll read a little bit. And also, if you don't hit a thousand hours, like even you tried, you still succeeded because that's all those extra hours you did spend outside. And maybe a thousand hours actually isn't attainable for your family or for you. But I just really like the idea of that, like, just get outside as much as you can and I just, yeah, if our lives were like summer camp or like a forest school, it would be so much easier. Oh my gosh. I agree. That's awesome. Well, good luck. I hope that you crush it and get (laughs) more than a thousand hours. And that's awesome. Thank you. If you could change one thing about your camp experience, what would it be? I mean, I wish I didn't have to quit working there. Like we said, I wish there was a compromise. I wish there was a way In high school, my dream was also to be a camp director. Like, in no way do I want to take away Rafiki's job, right? And, like, I don't (laughs) think she's going anywhere. My husband works as a lobbyist, so he needs to – because we toyed with the idea for a little bit of, like, moving. um, But he needs to work in the state capitol, and most summer camps are, like, way outside of that. Yeah. So I get emails sometimes or on Facebook, I'll see different jobs. And if you look at it, sometimes it's like a three hour difference from the capital of the state to where the camp is and stuff like that. And it's just like, that's not really realistic. I wish I could do it more full time or part time or whatever. It's just not very realistic with his job and what he wants to do. Well, you never know what could happen. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, I kind of, and like right now, like it's kind of the best of, yeah. And like, and right now it's kind of the best of both worlds since I am partially a stay at home mom. And then I, we don't live, we only live about an hour from camp. So I'm fine with driving that much a few times to go to camp. We don't know what is going to happen with his job in the next few years and or how many more kids we'll have in the next few years. Yes. Very cool. Well, my next question is, what is your favorite camp song? My very favorite camp song, my go-to campfire camp song is Moon on the Meadow, which I feel like is everybody's answer. It's just like such a classic. You posted a video of you singing Young Rider the other day. And I totally forgot about that song, but that used to be my go-to to to teach at campfires. And so, yeah, I really like that one. I sing camp songs to my baby, like sometimes when he's not falling asleep. I used to sing them to my nanny kids too, and they're always there. Sometimes I can't remember all the words to some of the ones we didn't sing as much, but I have a camp book somewhere. 
I love all the like slower campfire songs that kind of make you think and make you, they always are like very reminiscent to campfires and camp as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. What is your favorite camp meal? Mr. Rose's casserole, which I know was mentioned before. Um, It's like chicken and stuffing and that, yeah, it's really, really good. It's kind of just like a comfort meal. And also blueberry oatmeal bake for sure. Mm. And chicken patties. So it sounds so basic, but so they still have chicken patties now. But when I was a camper, that was the Sunday meal. Like every single Sunday you had a chicken patty for dinner, your first night at camp. And I always put ranch on mine. I don't know why I can remember that. Um, I think like the last few years we had pizza as the Sunday meal, but I Mm -hmm. know when I was a camper, it was chicken sandwiches and that was just still to this day. I love a good breaded chicken patty sandwich. Oh my gosh. Yes, I do too. (laughs) And I, I only think of camp when I, when I eat those. Yes. Yeah. Well, what is your favorite camp tradition? I really like campfires. And I like how the closing campfire is like a little bit ceremonial. Like it's not anything too crazy over the top. Like usually in the past we've had like you get picked up unit by unit and walk as like a whole camp as a group. And it's just like a whole line procession of kids. And like we have like little torches lit with fire and obviously they're lit with fire Um, (laughs) and just like kind of silently walking and just like a time, like a little bit of reflection. I just really like that. Like you get to the campfire and you have all sorts of fun and then you wind it back down, but it like starts off with just like a little bit of reflection and kind of sentimental and like as campers are a little bit older, like they start to get sad about leaving camp. And I always cried when I had to leave camp. So I guess maybe that's why I like that part. Um, I also really like all camps though, which I feel like is another reason I like wanted to be the program director is to like organize and create all camps. I think they're really fun and it's a really great opportunity for everybody in the whole camp to like mix together, to hang out with people from different units, to get to know somebody else and to, do something a little extra wild and crazy. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. I think they, they're really fun. Next question is what is your favorite program area of camp? I'd probably have to say the pool. I did lifeguard for a few years. I frankly, I like to sit in the sun because it's warm. <laughs> and <laughs> I like the pool. I feel like kids can stretch themselves sometimes but still be comfortable like most kids are comfortable swimming I also like archery but I find it very very challenging to do archery with anybody like under fifth grade so like archery with middle school and high schoolers would be at the top of my list and I used to be terrified of horses as a kid my mom never let me go to horse camp she was also afraid of horses my sister has never been to horse camp and then as a staff member, like I rode a horse for like the second time in my life. And then like now, like I will lead a horse, help tack a horse, like take them out to the pasture, like do a lot more. And I, so I like have come to really like the barn, but I would still not say it's my favorite. (laughs) 
you have an appreciation though yes yes definitely especially when it's 100 degrees outside (laughs) yes well I'm wanting this podcast to go on for a really long time so I ask all of my guests who should I interview next I would say aloe for sure like I said she was really inspirational to me again it would be an interesting point of view from somebody that was a staff member a while ago and now has kids that attend camp. I think that's also a cool, really, a really cool full circle moment. She has been as a troop leader and she's been as a mom for mom and me. So I just think that's a really cool um, full circle moment. I'm glad that you said you interviewed Kite because I was second her, I would second Pip, Marvel, Smurf from Camp Sack. And then I sent you a few names of people from the other Girl Scout camp I worked at. They had co-camp directors so I think that itself is kind of a cool perspective plus the camp is in Massachusetts so it's a little bit different um and they do run things a little bit different but at the same time it was very similar because it was still a Girl Scout camp they're both or were at the time teachers and so they actually were just like part-time camp directors so they were teachers during the year did their hiring on the weekends and then had camp And they actually, when the summer I went, ended up being late to staff training because they had so many snow days. Oh, my God. So I feel like that's a really interesting perspective, too. And, like, they had to plan staff training, but they had to put it at their leadership team to lead. Just to help you expand past Girl Scout camp, the leader of the professional outdoor instructors, like the leader, I don't know if that's the right word, who trained us. So he's the one that like for two weeks, we did training on like where things are at camp, how to run the programs. And then we ourselves had to learn the curriculum. Like, I don't know anything about birds. So we had to learn how to then teach the kids these things. And Amran is who taught us that. And then Ryan, who also worked there, He doesn't work there anymore, but his specialty was the adventure stuff, like canoeing and ropes. Um, They had a zip line there that was totally accessible. So it was like a wheelchair ramp up to it, and then you could go down it. So he does a lot of stuff with stuff with accessibility and with that. And then like boating, canoeing, he paddle boards, and he also has a kid. So he does adventures with her, which I get to see on Facebook. And then I'll have to send you her email, but I had a friend, so um, I'm missing a book club tonight for the interview for the podcast, but my friend was like, oh my gosh, an interview for a podcast. That's so cool. Like, what's it for? And I said, it's for camp. And she was like, well, remember I worked at a camp. I'd love to be interviewed. (laughs) So I'll get you her email. But she worked at, I think a camp in New Jersey and she's done like church camp and something like two or three different kind of kinds of camps like when we met we had we just thought we're kind of we're pretty similar even though we're a few years apart and she has like she has three kids I have one kid we've got to know each other more like we had a lot in common we both like were wanted to we she was a teacher I was supposed to be a teacher she waitressed for a while I waitressed for a while like she worked at camp I worked at camp all that so we just think it's really funny oh my gosh that's amazing one 
thank you for missing your book club meeting. I still haven't found a book club because <laughs> I've moved up to Kansas City, but my no, book club like- girls are my life. So that's that's a big deal. Um, we you. we <laughs> figured the we scheduled the book club after I already said yes to the podcast. So it's okay. Okay. <laughs> thank you for being so intentional about your nominations too. And for sending those ahead of time, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. I hope that these people are all interested because you're right. They all bring such a unique perspective. So thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate you doing that. Is there anything exciting that's happening in your life that you'd like to promote or something that you're excited about that you want to share with listeners? Nothing particularly exciting is happening in my life. I feel like I do somewhat this uh, same thing. I mean, every day is different with a baby, but it's somewhat the same, like not a ton. I will say we are planning this summer is my husband and I have never been camping together. So we're going to go camping as a family for the first time. So we'll be camping with a baby and my husband and I will be camping together. So we have to confirm it works, but like we have like a four person tent for the two or the three of us. So we're hoping that we can fit like an air mattress and the playpen in there. So we'll see how that goes, but that's something I'm excited for. And then we're taking Beckett to Seattle in June. Nothing to like promote or anything. But one other thing I was going to say to the people listening, like like when I said, if you're trying to figure out what you're going to do after camp or in addition to camp or after high school, or after college, like I feel like I just wanted to be a teacher because that's the typical career for working with children. And It's like something people say, oh, you're so good with kids, you should be a teacher. And then there's like no other option in that you would think of right off the top of your head. And so I kind of looking back, I feel like I settled for that. And once I got to college and kind of started saying, I don't know if I want to be a teacher anymore, my academic advisor, she just kind of ignored me. So she didn't really support me and through that. And so I never got to discover any other options. And so now I'm thinking about like, I hear like my sister and my brother say that they don't know what they want to do yet. And like, they're only 15 or 16. Like they don't have to, you know, they don't have to know that yet. You just know that there's other options out there. Like college is a great thing, but you can like take a gap year or go to community college first or like look at what other outdoor programs and adventure type careers there are so that's also why I was kind of drawn to going to Bradford Woods for a semester I didn't find that I would want that to be like my long-term career but there are people that like live there all year and do that job but from the 1000 hours outside podcast so it's an Instagram account and then she has a podcast and on her podcast she does a lot of it's mostly interviewing other people about how they spend time outside And she just recently interviewed a man that is a student at like Arizona State University or something like that. And they have a really incredible outdoor recreation program, but that's like the degree that you can get. So the people that are doing that are studying things on like how to lead trips, like how to lead a surfing trip, how to lead a rock climbing trip, how to do all these things. And so he was talking and he's a senior and they host the school hosts a hundred trips a year, a school year. And he, as a senior leader, like leads them and takes like, you know, freshmen through juniors on these trips and they keep them like 
at cost. So they're like $40 for each trip. And then he talked about how they prioritize their homework during the week so they can get away for the weekend. And Arizona is a good place because there's so many cool things like right surrounding them. I just was listening to that podcast thinking, if I had known about that when I was 17, I think I would have went there, which I hate to say now because like I wouldn't have met my husband. I wouldn't be a mom to my son right now. But like something like that is such an incredible program that I wish I would have known was out there as I was trying to decide what I wanted to do, quote unquote, with the rest of my life. And I don't know exactly what kind of careers that leads to. I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I can relate to what you said about kind of being pigeonholed into teaching and into education in college. That's kind of the catch-all when it comes to working with kids. And that's awesome that there are places that can foster a love for outdoor education and a love for working with kids and make it something that you can actually study and you know, become a professional in. So yeah, I considered doing like a year of service or like an AmeriCorps, whatever year. Yeah, And I just also listened to a podcast about program in Washington. That's for Washington state. That's for like adult recreation. And it's like a year of training. And then they also have summer, a summer camp that you can work at. And, but that like year of training leads to different careers in that area. But I just thought it was really cool. And I wish more people knew about other opportunities. And I wish that I had done a little bit more research. If listeners want to contact you or if they have questions for you, what's the best way that they can do that? Like we said, I'm on all the social media. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Taylor Lane. All right, Camp Kids, that was Flounder. Make sure you contact them if you have any questions and check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are part of the camp community. Please leave a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can also find this podcast. Next week, I've got another interview with the people that I work for now. So if you're curious to know about more about the camps that I work at, stay tuned for our interview next week. That is all that I have for you for now. But remember that this is good night and not goodbye.